Colorado played well against UCLA on defense, but the offense couldn't hang and they ended up losing their second straight game. I'm going to talk about what went wrong and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am Kevin Borber, your host. Every episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every single day for free wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is also brought to you by Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, as you guys probably know, the Colorado Buffaloes ended up losing their matchup yesterday against the number 23 UCLA Bruins. I'm going to talk about my biggest takeaways what needs to change moving forward. And then the final stretch of Colorado season, because I still think that they kind of have a, they have, they can control their own destiny. It's just not going to be as easy. Uh, they really needed that Stanford win. They really could have used a stronger performance yesterday. So takeaways, uh, this one is not a bold take by any means. I'm not reinventing the wheel right here, but again, I think this has been a takeaway pretty much every week of mine as well. So you're going to, it's going to seem redundant, but until it's fixed, it's going to be a major takeaway. The offensive line is horrendous, and this team cannot do anything with them. Uh, Coach Prime himself, after the game, said he was asked about the big picture and reference and protecting Shadur Sanders, and he said, the big picture, you go get new linemen. That's the picture, and I'm going to paint it perfectly. If you guys <laughs> didn't know this or haven't been following along, Colorado's offensive line is probably the worst unit in the country. Uh, they gave up seven sacks yesterday. Shadur Sanders is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the country, which is unfortunate because I think it really limits what he could do overall. And I think we saw that to a T yesterday. Colorado's defense, I had three keys coming into this game. My first key was force UCLA to turn the ball over. They did that, and they did that in a major way. Like, I don't I don't know if Colorado's defense had had an impact like they had yesterday. They had two interceptions and then two forced fumbles. So they had four turnovers forced, which is great. That was my first key. Force UCLA to turn the ball over. Don't give them extra possessions, which leads me to my second key. Don't turn the ball over if you're Colorado. Colorado didn't turn the ball over, but what they did struggle with was the offense. Like I said, Shadur Sanders sacked seven times. The rushing attack, again, useless, 38 yards. 1.6 yards were carry, counting Shadur's stats. Uh, even then, Sivion Wilkerson had two carries for five and a half yards, and he was uh, the most of er, – Ultimate Caskill, excuse me, two carries for 14 yards, average of seven yards a carry, most effective running back for Colorado. It's not going to get it done. I think, and they talked about it religiously on the broadcast. Kurt Herbstreit said it multiple times. The reason that Colorado's offense is, it's almost one-dimensional one dimensional way because they get to the red zone, for example, and defenses know they're not going to run the ball. There is no running the ball. It's, there is no, okay, we're going to run the ball a couple times and then we'll pass. It's literally like if they run the ball, they're just burning a play. They're just... That's one less play. That's one less time Shadur Sanders could take a hit because he was taking hits all game. I think yesterday was the first time this season, uh, maybe maybe outside of the Oregon game, where Shadur Sanders looked physically tired or beat up. Like he was slow to get up pretty much every hit. He was not scrambling as much. It seemed like he was almost reluctant to take off because obviously uh, UCLA's pass rush, they have, they have NFL guys on there. Like that is a elite pass rush they have the the murphy brothers or the murphy twins 
and then they have uh, Latu, who is obviously a um, a monster in his own right. And those guys were those guys were tearing it up. Like those those three guys alone. Let's see, Murphy, one of the Murphy twins, they both had a, one and a half sacks, and then Latu had two sacks. Like those guys alone were making life miserable for Shadar Sanders. And then they kind of took away, which I think is the underrated portion of UCLA's defense. Their secondary is pretty solid. I wouldn't say it's the best secondary by any means, but secondary is pretty good. And they took away kind of the deep ball. There was no deep shots for Colorado up until that last quarter when Shadur hit, uh, I think it was Xavier Weaver uh, down the sideline. Their longest play outside of that play, longest pass, excuse me, was 18 yards. And that was Jimmy Horn Jr. And there just wasn't big plays available for Colorado. And I think they're a, a big play dependent team. And so, like I said, when my biggest key was forced turnovers and it'll give this offense more possessions. They're not a thought in my head. Like I was like, does UCLA have a really good defense? I was like, yeah, they do, but it's Shadur Sanders. It's this offense. They're going to figure something out and they just weren't able to figure anything out. And I think that was the hard part of the whole situation. And it kind of, that offensive line struggling, the, the defensive line struggling as well to stop the run. I think they, Forcing the fumbles were huge, but if you look at UCLA stats, they still ran for 269 yards um, on averaging. Oh, excuse me, that was receiving. They ran for 218 yards and two scores. And so not the best showing, but Travis Hunter had two great picks. They had Shiloh Sanders forced a clutch fumble. And then they had, I forgot how the other, oh, the other fumble was similar hit uh, on the running back. And they were giving getting these opportunities for the offense. The offense just wasn't able to do anything. And it's kind of been the other way around all season where it's like the offense will score, but the defense can't hold up their end of the bargain. And so Colorado drops another one. Uh, they are now 4-4 four and four on the year. Final score, I think, is a little closer than the game actually was, 28-16. It was really up until Colorado got a, a garbage time timeout, essentially, to make it to make it that close. So, but for the most part, it was, it was not that it wasn't close at all. Really. I think we kind of saw the flaws that this Colorado team has. They weren't able to build off their lead in the first quarter. They went up six zero. If those drives turned into touchdowns and it's 14 zero, it's a whole different game. I think UCLA really was struggling to find their identity and it helped that Colorado was struggling to figure things out in offense. And there's not really an answer for how to fix this offense until you get new linemen in. And Coach Prime, while I think the transfer portal is a great tool, I just don't know how the offensive line is going to be rebuilt through the portal. It'll be interesting, to say the least. Because I'm looking at the transfer portal this past year, and this is just the top-ranked players. So obviously Travis Hunter is number one, and then Denver Harris, two, a corner. Adonai Mitchell from Georgia to Texas is number three. And then you have to scroll all the way down. I'm scrolling all the way down to number 10 is Javion Cohen, who went from Alabama to Miami. He's the only top 10 offense lineman. And then there's Avery Jones from Eastern Carolina to Auburn. And then you keep going, keep going. Another one, Ladarius Henderson to Michigan. And Matt Lee, UCF, Miami. So that's four, Dylan Wade, Tulsa, Auburn. And that's it. So there's five guys in the top 30 that were top offensive linemen of those programs. Michigan is the only, I don't, I don't know which one of those guys is starting. I, I honestly don't, but of those five guys, they're all Auburn's a losing team uh, and a SEC team, obviously. So that's kind of a Miami is a team that's solid, but not great. And I forgot where the other one went, but like 
Michigan, Auburn. Yep, yep. So it's kind of like a there's not like I, I guess what I'm saying is there's not five offense linemen out there in the portal that are just going to come in and be like, okay, now we're ready. I think there's going to be two or three. I think this is where recruiting comes into play for Colorado. And I think this is where it gets a little difficult for the, the coach primes transfer portal method, because there's not transfers out there that can replace this offensive line. This offensive line is transfers outside of uh, two players. And it's just not, where it needs to be. And I'm not sure they're going to be able to find adequate replacements. Like they're going to find guys that are probably quality players or sec backups that need a chance to play, but there's not going to be a, I don't know who like a Joe alt from Penn state. There's not going to be any Joe Alts in the, in the transfer portal. Uh, that's just not how it works. Like that's not the offense line is one of those things where, or excuse me, Joe Alt from Notre Dame. The offense line is one of those positions where the best guys are playing. Like, and they don't typically leave like wide receivers. You'll see guys like Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn, great wide receivers. They chose to stay at their school and then they chose to leave for better opportunity after obviously things didn't go well at USF. Uh, same thing. Let's see. Tavares Dawson didn't play a lot of Auburn comes to Colorado gets bigger opportunities. Um, Marion Cooper, uh, the, the corner from Florida state. He didn't play. He was a, a starter at one point ended up losing his role. Like that's that's the type of guy you're getting in the transfer portal. It's very rare where it's like, okay, this guy is a bona fide star and wants to transfer. That's usually NIL stuff, and that's usually where programs like USC or Texas or elsewhere come into play. And so it'll be interesting to see how Colorado tries to fix this offense line problem because I don't think until they do fix it, they're going to continue to struggle, and it's going to continue to kind of be like an ugly um, – the ugly side of Colorado football. I was like, Oh, they'll be good eventually, but it's just, they got to get bigger in the trenches and getting bigger in the trenches is easier said than done. This episode of locked on bus is brought to you by our sponsors over at athletic brewing company. Now it's time for my game change of the week brought to you by athletic brewing company, much like Travis Hunter, who had gr- an amazing two picks on defense. Athletic brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Athletic brewing company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer, non-alcoholic beer game. So much so, that their beer, their drinks taste good, they're full flavor and well crafted, just like a full strength brew. They brew over fifty styles of craft non alcoholic beers, including IPAs, golden sours, and more. And the best part, you go on their website, you can take the quiz and find the perfect flavor for you. I'm not a big beer drinker, but I went on there, kind of put in what kind of drinks I enjoy, found the perfect flavor for me, and I love it. It's fit for all times. That's the best part. You could drink them while you're watching a big game, or maybe your kids' game, or you're at work or working out. Either way, the best part is. There's no hangovers, no hangovers, no hangovers whatsoever. You can find them on store or in store online and in bars around the country. So you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers use code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. This episode of Locked on Buffs is also brought to you by our sponsor over at eBay Motors. Let me tell you a little bit about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors got you covered. 
with uh, over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. We are back and we're talking about changes that I think need to be made. These changes are long overdue and it's kind of one of those things where we're hitting the final stretch of the season. I don't know why these changes weren't made already, but there's two that stand out. I think one, uh, and I like the chain. I'm going to talk about a change that I like. Trevor Woods at linebacker was a difference maker. Uh, If you guys didn't know this already, Juwan Mitchell is essentially, we'll just say not in the picture right now for Colorado. Uh, He's been dealing with some off the field issues uh, as it uh, based on what coach prime has said. And it's kind of like a, it's been an ongoing thing with him. I guess you could say Uh, it happened at Texas. He didn't, didn't last at Tennessee. And then he was kicked out of the Arizona state program after a week. So this was kind of always Jawan Mitchell's issue. He started his career at a Juco. He's just always had issues putting everything together and kind of being, uh, I guess where he needs to be in terms of, being a college football player. Anyway, Trevor Woods comes in, starts a linebacker, which I like. I think that's a great change for the defense. Uh, another sound tackler on the field yet led the team in tackles with 12. And then it also gives guys like Roderick Ward and Shiloh Sanders and Cameron Summer Cray. It gives them more reps and more opportunities to kind of uh, get in there and uh, make some plays because I think the more guys that you have on defense that can tackle the better because when teams are trying to run it down your throat or are trying to kill you in the crossing game and you just can't bring people down that's where it hurts you and so Trevor Woods I like that change at linebacker so that's the first change I wanted to discuss second change comes offensively I think we all whether we want to admit it or not we have to accept that this team is not going to run the ball like it's just not in the cards for them it's it's just they had a total of 24 rushes 13 of them came from Shadur so 11 total from running backs excuse me Ultimate Haskell had two Dylan Edwards had four Wilkerson two and then Hankerson three their leading rusher had 14 yards on seven yards of carry uh Dylan Edwards had four carries for 12 yards Wilkerson had two for 11 and Hankerson had three for eight I think Colorado needs to change their offensive personnel to help this offense line uh, Kirk Herbstreit was talking about it, and Sean Lewis's offense doesn't really predicate themselves on using a tight end. Well, I don't care about what the offense normally looks like. Get a tight end out there. Get a tight end out there, please. Like uh, Mikey Harrison or Mikey, yeah, Mikey Harrison had one catch for twelve yards, uh, three targets, and he's a great weapon. I think he'll do num. He'll kind of open up tight end positioning for Colorado. Uh, moving forward but if i'm sean lewis i'm going with i i don't know if you go out with the the 21 personnel but you at least need one tight end out there and a running back and i would have them both the tight end and the running back i'd have them on the blind side because that is clearly the weak side of the offensive line and i would have them block pretty much every play i know it limits the receivers i know it limits the the plays you could call an offense because you only have let's see that's six seven eight you're only having three receivers instead of four and it's like ah we don't want to give that up well it's like you know what do you want to give that up or do you want to have uh Shadur Sanders getting hit and beat up every single play so 
my ideal change to this offense moving forward is the, obviously five off- offense alignment, maybe even six. You could bring in a, a sixth offense alignment as a tight end, have him put on their jersey as an eligible, whatever, to adhere to the rule. But you bring in a tight end, you bring in a running back, that's seven, and then obviously you have Shadur eight, so you have three receivers still. I mean, it limits the overall scheme of Sean Lewis's offense, but I think what limits this offense more is Shadur Sanders being planted into the ground every single play. Like, that's just not acceptable. And it's going to – I never want to talk about someone getting hurt if they haven't been hurt, but the offensive line, at the at the rate Shadur Sanders gets hurt or hit, he might get hurt. Like, he's getting hit every single play. He got sacked a total of seven times, like I said yesterday. They had six – uh, and six quarterback hurries. They were hitting them nonstop. They were, it wasn't even, they weren't dirty hits. There was like one hit or two where it was like, uh, that was a late hit and they got flagged for it. But that's kind of like one of those things where defense linemen love to do that to quarterbacks. They love to just hit them. They love to sometimes Max Crosby on the Raiders is a big um, proponent of this. He'll like run by a quarterback and just like, obviously the play is over and he just hits him with a little like, gut punch a little rib punch or like a little tap and it eventually wears on the quarterback and eventually gets them off focus and then that's when they start making mistakes and so that's my other change bringing a tight end and a running back to block for Shadur Sanders this offense line cannot do it I know it's not how Sean Lewis's offense is supposed to operate but it really does you no good if your defense gives you four turnovers and you basically are only able to score nine points I'm not counting that last touchdown because it was kind of it was garbage time. The game was over at that point. So you get three field goals off of and you had four turnovers on the game. Like there was no points off turnovers. Literally, Colorado had. Yeah, like it, it that's insane to me that Travis Hunter has two massive interceptions. Shiloh Sanders forces a monster hit. I forgot who forced the other big hit, but it was another fumble. And it's like, OK, you're getting what should be one of the best offenses in the country, more opportunities. And they can't capitalize because Shadur Sanders is on his back. Now, granted, UCLA is one of the best pass rushers, pass rushes in the country, but you know that going in. That isn't a surprise. So why are we treating UCLA as if they're like not as if they don't have three NFL pass rushers on their defensive line? That is asinine to me. Get more guys blocking. The more the merrier. Like, I don't know if it helps, but having someone get chipped or having someone or even just having another body there to stand in the way while Shadur Sanders um, gets one more second to throw. I think there was two plays that stand out to me. I think it was one of them was a run play to Hankerson. And then the other one was, I think it was a screen, a quick screen. First one to Hankerson that I'm talking about looked like a read option, kind of like a slow mesh look. And the, I think it was the nose tackle. I think it was one of the Murphy brothers quite literally shoved the center and I think maybe a guard into the lap of Shadur Sanders before him or Hankerson could even pull the ball like or before he could pull the ball or hand it off to Hankerson. Like before they made it basically two yards from where they started, the defensive line was literally collapsed on them. And then there was, I think it was a, like a quick bubble like screen or just like a quick screen to the, uh, to the sideline. Shadur Sanders got hit. It was literally a catch and throw. There was no catch, like, look through my progressions. It was a catch and throw, and Shadur Sanders still got hit. Like, that is how bad this offensive line is. They need to change that, and that's, like, my biggest change. It's bad on offense, and it, it's bad for the offense in terms of confidence, and it's bad for just player safety. Like, these guys are going to get someone hurt out here, and Coach Prime talked about needing to change it, 
he needs to change or him and Sean Lewis need to have a discussion on changing the scheme because this isn't working. Um, it only works when teams don't rush the pass or, pass or well, excuse me. And that's just not, <laughs> that's not like a, a good thing to hope for, I guess, moving forward. Like, Oh, you know what? It, it's UCLA. So they have a good uh, pass rush. So obviously we know they're, they're going to make a struggle. No, Every team that has every team has at least one guy that could get to the quarterback. And against Colorado, it's like a free-for-all. So they need to change that. It is what it is. Yeah, it's definitely there was literally yep. Yep, there was that play. Uh, sorry, I was reading a comment. It says there was literally a play where three offensive linemen just stood there confused and let Shader get hit. Yeah, it honestly it reminds me of I don't know if you guys have seen um what is that movie with Adam Sandler? Uh anyway, it's the one where he goes to jail. He's playing quarterback. He played his name is Paul Crew in the movie. I love that movie too. Uh, they're the mean machine, whatever. And um, his he makes his offense line mad and they like let the pass rush through because they're mad at him. That's what it looks like for Shadur Sanders, but they're trying, they're trying their best. And it's unfortunately their best is not good enough. And so they need to figure something out. And I think those are the two biggest changes I appreciated was Trevor Wood, or I would appreciate Trevor Wood staying at linebacker and then helping out this offense line because it is just god-awful, and it's going to prevent Colorado from uh, achieving what they hope to achieve this this season. This episode of Locked on Buffs is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. All you have to do, you select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most fu- most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you could turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit them, su- submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. With prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Again, go to prizepix.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, we are looking ahead. We're looking into the future. I have my crystal ball. I'm playing the Swami role. I think as Chris Berman once said or called his future predicting uh, character. Colorado is currently sitting at four and four. They have four games left and they need to win two to make a bowl game. So you have four games to win two. Obviously beating Stanford would have helped. They would have been four games to win one, but that's not the position they're in. So this week, homecoming them they play oregon state that's gonna be a tough matchup oregon state could run the ball with the best of them they have deshaun fenwick and damian martinez the best maybe the best running back duo excuse me in the country one of the it's top five at minimum very good running back duo uh that's gonna does not bode well for colorado who just gave up uh i think that was a quiet rush game for ucla and they still ran for um 218 yards two scores and almost five yards of carry. So that's not great. Their defense is solid. They could get to the quarterback. And then, of course, they have Arizona, who is probably the the hottest team in college football right now. They just beat Washington State last night. And, or, excuse me, they just beat Oregon State last night. So not only are you getting a tough Oregon State team, 
but you're getting a mad Oregon State team because their playoff hopes just got dashed um, in a game that was played at like 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Like that game was so late. I didn't even I, I was up watching it, but I was like exhausted by the time that game came around. So they have that game as well. So Arizona is a completely different team. They're also looking to make a bowl game. Then you have at Washington State. Washington State's beatable. But again, how does this Colorado team react? I think the biggest question I had about this team prior to the season was how they handled adversity. And right now they're in the middle of a two game losing streak that could easily extend to three. And I just don't know what the makeup of this team is. I think morale starting to get low, especially with coach prime talking about replacing players when there's four games left. And I completely understand why he's doing it. That that offense line is terrible, but morale can't be high in that locker room. Morale has got to be getting lower and lower. And then after the hot Arizona team and Washington state team, which playing at Pullman, 8.30 8.30 p.m., late game. Pullman's a freaky place. It's a Friday night game. Weird things happen. And then you have at Utah, who is one of the best teams in the Pac-12, even with all their injuries. They're physical. They can run the ball. Really good defense. They have uh, the leading pass rusher in the country on their team in Jonah Ellis. So they have a lot going. Excuse me. They have a lot going for them. And they were literally this let me just say this Colorado team had a chance to make a bowl game my record prediction prior to the season was six and six and now I'm looking at it and right now best case scenario for Colorado these next few games looks like five and seven which I mean it's not a disappointment I don't even think four wins is a disappointment if you're looking at this from a rational standpoint if you're looking at this from the standpoint of coach prime said we're gonna win right away then yeah it's a disappointment i think if you're looking at it from a rational standpoint it's like this team overachieved quickly they beat up on teams like tcu nebraska who might make a bowl game by the way nebraska's turned it around and then colorado state they beat up on those teams at the right time and got out to a hot start and they just aren't able to keep up with the better teams in the pac-12 and i think that's fair Again, that's what happens when you bring in 50 new players. Uh, you bring or 50 new transfers, over 80 players that are new. There's a lot of growing pains, and I would say there's a lot of growing pains to come. I think this is going to be a tough final stretch. I think my prediction at six and six is still in play, but right now it's looking like more of a five and seven, uh, five and seven instance. Yeah, the, Brooklyn in the comment section said the of, the offensive line was so bad when they would run the ball through the middle. You say. UCLA's defense ends would get off the line of scrimmage so fast. I thought in my head, are they off sides? Yeah, that's what it felt like. Cause it was like the ball snapped and all of a sudden Shadur Sanders has five guys just plowing them into the ground. Yeah. And there's some lack of confidence that Colorado could win another game. I, I totally agree. I think if they played up to their full potential where the offense is clicking and the defense is like slowing defense, slowing down the other offense, they could win. This is if everybody's playing right, they could win out. Like, let me, let me just put that out there. Like, if Colorado's playing at their best, they could at least win three or four of these next games. Three out of the four, maybe even four out of the four. That's if they're playing a perfect game. They haven't played a perfect game all year. They've kind of benefited from other teams messing up. They start slow, and then they blow up in the second half. They flip a switch, and they just haven't been able to flip a switch lately, and that's what's been hurting them. So it's going to be interesting to see what continues happening happening i do think they maybe win one more but it's going to be a tough stretch the rest of the way i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of locked on bus i'm kevin borber make sure to like subscribe and follow we're nearing i think around 3800 subscribers i appreciate you guys all your support that you give me along the way i will see you guys on monday through friday and even saturday after the games um 
I, unless it's a late game, then I'll do Sunday mornings and I'll have everything you need to know about the Colorado Buffalo. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Go watch some NFL football and go enjoy your day.